Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Well Then. As you know, this season on the podcast, we're talking about all things love and relationships and how to have more balance and health in this area of our lives. And I don't think I can contain my excitement about today's episode. It is an incredibly special one that is the first in a special upcoming series where I interview my former clients on their experience and transformation that they went through in the course of our work together and in the time since then. And this particular episode is such an incredible conversation with a woman who I worked with in the past who is choosing to remain anonymous so you won't hear her name or any specific details as far as who she is and her background just to kind of protect her story and the people in her life. And um, I just want to thank you for honoring and respecting that privacy. But even with the anonymity, there's so much value in her story and what she shares. I had a handful of clients that really came to mind for this series when I first decided to to bring it to life. And, you know, there's always the element of vulnerability in the work that my clients do with me. And so I wasn't 100% sure if anybody would be open to sharing their story on a public platform like this podcast. Um, So I was so excited when I got a positive response that many of them were not only open to it, but excited to use their story as an opportunity to kind of pay it forward and share some hope and inspiration for other people who might be in a similar place to where they were when they started and to see what's possible when you really dive into this deep inner healing work and are committed to your vision for your life and knowing what's possible for you. And that is exactly what happened in this woman's story, which you'll hear. So many incredible changes and shifts happen when she committed to showing up for herself. And honestly, things started to happen that she never even knew were possible or imagined were a possibility in her life. And I just have so much joy and gratitude (laughs) listening to to our conversation again and again. And um, If you are a client who has ever worked with me in the past, know that I am so grateful for each and every one of you and your willingness to show up, to be vulnerable, to trust me, to be a part of your journey. It means so, so much. And I just wanted to say to anybody who's thinking about doing this deeper inner healing work, I hope that this conversation serves as Uh, inspiration for you to just see what's possible and what's out there. And if you've lost hope in your journey to love in your life, be it self-love or romantic love, I think you're going to get a lot of benefit from listening to this conversation. So without further ado, let's dive right into the first episode of my client conversation series so you can hear what it's like not only to work with me, but just hear an incredible story from a woman who committed to show up for herself in the most beautiful way. All right. Hello, love. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. I know that we've been talking about having this conversation for a while, and I'm so excited to dive into it because I don't even know if I've fully expressed to you how much I really appreciate kind of following your journey and and your story and your life in the years since since we connected and worked together and it's just been such a beautiful story to watch 
watch unfold. And I'm so excited that you're willing to share it for, for other people to benefit from hearing from. Oh, thank you. I, I mean, I know it's not right to attribute my story to you, um, but you did play a meaningful part in it. Um, and the reality is I love my story. <laughs> I really do. And um, it's one that I didn't always think I could have um, and couldn't have imagined. Um, so I'm thrilled to have an opportunity to, to share it. Well, thank you for saying that. And, and I love what you expressed there. That's honestly my favorite part about your story, which obviously we'll dive more into is that it was so unexpected for you. And, yeah. and the things that began to kind of unfold in your life were just such a clear kind of direct byproduct of the work that you were doing on yourself. And that is like why I do what I do. It makes me so happy. <laughs> You're very good at it. <laughs> so I guess that's actually kind of, let's start there. Let's rewind, you know, your life to, gosh, however many years ago now, I can't even do the math. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like so many lifetimes have happened since, since then, but could you share a little bit more about where you were at when we first met and kind of the, the parts of yourself that you were wanting to work on, like what was on your mind and, and when it comes to maybe love and relationships, what wasn't on your mind? Yeah, sure. Um, and you're right. It, it does feel like it was lifetimes ago. And I, I mean, it really was only like four years, maybe five, four years, yeah. I think. Um, but yeah, I'll kind of recall as best as I can and apologies for be, maybe being a little scattered because it is going <laughs> back in time. But um, I mean, the, the, when I came to you, I was heavily advanced in my own healing process from um, like a number of different things, but the big one being um, recovery from an eating disorder that I had had for like what also seems like a lifetime and didn't even realize it until the end of it. Um, but basically something I dealt with from like age 16 to 32 kind of, kind of thing before I really tackled it. Um, I had made some big life changes in that time. I had, I had, um, left where I was living, moved to a new city, started a, a bit of a new life. And I don't say that in the sense of like having removed people or anything, but I just, I had a new environment I was in and new clarity and ability to kind of just be by myself and make a new, a new life for myself. And that led me to reflect on some things that were not great. Um, one of those being, you know, awareness of the fact that maybe I had an eating disorder. It was quite raging and it's ironic in the fact in the, in hindsight that I didn't even realize it until I realized it. Um, but also like the lack of happiness I had with myself um, in so many ways and definitely physically, but also how I was letting certain people into my life, um, romantically who were treating me very badly, um, or that I just, you know, kind of created stories out of them. So I had, I, I you know, I guess fast forward, got into therapy, um, like an IOP program for my eating disorder through that obviously started, um, um, like therapy and, um, I was seeing somebody who, for a number of months who ultimately was like, Hey, like you've kind of graduated from the 
eating disorder therapy. That's no longer a daily issue for you, but there's something deeper here. And there's something a little more, um, I guess maybe less clinical, (laughs) um, and something, you know, that I think you're ready to work on. And, um, that therapist ultimately suggested I, I connect with you. Um, and when, when I started talking with you, I mean, I had, I had obviously done so much work in in many areas between the, between the, um, I guess the rehab program. And then also just my, my clinical therapy, um, it was just the right time and place. And the way that you approached your program with me, let me, um, release certain things or gain awareness of certain things. And then ultimately release them that I didn't even realize I was holding on to, um, if that makes sense. And then this whole like transformation happened from that point. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I I love that you share that, that point, because that actually, it seems to happen with me a lot. People, people find me in their journey after having done a lot of the, the clinical work and are ready to integrate a more holistic approach or or deeper level to, to their healing. And and that's what healing is. It happens in layers. Like we peel back one layer at a time. And I love that we find the resources we need, the books we need, the people that we need along the way, right. When we need them. Totally. And like, it's so funny. You say the resources, the books, the people, because I can't look back and say which ones were effective and which ones were not. Right. It's like the combination, obviously certain things happened at certain times. And I know my time in working with you was extremely effective, but had I not read a certain book five years before that, maybe it wouldn't have been like, you know, it's so hard to put your own cocktail together of what, like what you need along the way and to just kind of trust the process and go with it and dive into it at every opportunity Exactly, (laughs) Um, kind of gets you to where you need to be. Yeah. Cause there is no like template or one size fits exactly. all approach. You just have to take what shows up when it shows up and, and stay open and be willing totally. to dive into what's, what's revealing itself. Totally. Exactly. Something I, I admire in you, your ability to Thank do you. that. Thank you. There's Didn't one- have the awareness at the time, but, <laughs> but <laughs> I we guess do, I was doing it. <laughs> yeah. We do the best we can with what we have and, and you're exactly. doing it even without knowing it, which is amazing. Yeah, totally true. Um, okay, so before we dive deeper into the kind of the transformation that you alluded to, I think there's one thing you shared that probably so many women listening can really deeply relate to, especially if they've struggled with disordered eating or body image issues of any sort. Um, and that is that experience of, you know, having that disconnected, maybe even unhealthy relationship with yourself and potentially with food and exercise, whatever goes along with that and how that can often allow you to, or cause you to allow people in your life who Mm -hmm. mirror the way that you're treating yourself essentially. And people who are treating you really poorly because your, your self-worth maybe isn't at the level where, uh, yeah, you feel really grounded in, in your sense of self. Can you speak a little bit more about your experience with that? Yeah. Yeah. And that's such a hard one to like, identify, I think, because, you know, in looking at it afterwards, it's like, what was I thinking and how could I disrespect myself so much by letting these people into Mm -hmm. my life? But at the time, and like, these are people that like legitimately cared about me. It's not like Mm -hmm. I wasn't being physically abused. I wasn't like, it wasn't these, it wasn't these terrible relationships. It's just, 
they weren't good for me in hindsight, Mm -hmm. but at the time they fulfilled something that I just so desperately needed. And like, I'm a pretty strong-willed, confident, outgoing, successful person in many different aspects of my life, but there's always been, you know, and probably always can be to various degrees, like just something that wasn't, um, that, that didn't have that confidence and success and groundedness. And, you know, I can think of a couple specific relationships of, you know, dating somebody that was like socially, I hate saying the word like successful, but like on top, you know, very popular in a lot of social circles and like idealized by a lot of, a lot of people. And that made me feel like, oh, well, if this person wants to be with me, then I guess I fit into these social circles and I guess I can be idealized. And I guess people will want to associate with me. Mm -hmm. And then even on the other side of like, just somebody to tell me I'm pretty, pet me and tell me I'm pretty, (laughs) like like that, like need to hear that because I didn't feel it myself. Um, And, and I made decisions and formed relationships with people that, that provided this, like filled this unhealthy or filled this gap for me in an unhealthy way maybe so I didn't have to do the work or I wasn't ready to do the work or I didn't even have the knowledge that I needed to do the work. Um, and it just, yeah, it just got me to this place that I was kind of repeating these patterns, um, of, of creating these like deep long-term relationships with people that were, were, you know, keeping me in the place that I was. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. And, and, at the time had no idea, really had no idea. You know, maybe there's one or two that I can be like, yeah, I probably knew that one person maybe wasn't like (laughs) Mr. Right. And not the best for me, but like, it was fun. But there was a couple that I was like, oh, like, this is like, this is the one for me. And this person's great for me. And in hindsight, it's like, oh my gosh, like, what was I thinking? But again, I had to, I had to live those experiences and I had to, I had to experience the, the pain and the, um, just, yeah, the experience of it to get to where I was that I could like almost get to my rock bottom, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, that I was ready to do something because I was so good at hiding that anything was wrong, mm-hmm. um, that I had to have those experiences to get me to a place where I could no longer say I'm great <laughs> and do something about it. Yeah. And I'm so glad that you shared that really important distinction because I think, you know, sometimes we do know in the moment, like you said, like, ah, okay, maybe this isn't the best person for me, or like I'm seeing some red flags here, but I'm not quite really willing to do anything about it yet. But more often than not, we're in those experiences thinking this is the one, thinking like this is what is best for me. And at the same time, maybe not understanding why our life feels a little bit out of balance or chaotic or messy. And it's not until later on, sometimes much later on, once, once the work is done and you have the benefit of hindsight where you look back and see, wow, I was really, you know, had rose colored glasses on or was in this little bubble where I was being kind of driven more by my, my insecurities and, and the things, the parts of me that weren't healed yet, mm-hmm. rather than what's true for me. Yeah, totally. That, that's okay. Like, yeah, we've all been there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And 
and like it's okay and it's also like when I was in that place, I didn't feel worthy of having anything better than what I had, you know? And I think that was whether I thought, whether I realized it was me thinking I wasn't worthy of it or thinking it just didn't exist or it didn't exist for me, like Mm -hmm. a healthy, solid, loving relationship with longevity where I wanted to be, where I was like physically attracted to the person, emotionally attracted to the person. And like, I wanted to be with them. Like that just didn't seem like something that was in my, in the cards for me at the time. And so I was willing to deal with these suboptimal relationships Mm -hmm. and make excuses for the red flags. Um, because it felt like maybe that's as good as it's going to get for me, you know? Yeah. And, and those are absolutely two of the biggest kind of thought patterns and barriers that I see when it comes to not just love, but like having anything that somebody might want in their lives, they either believe it's not actually possible or that it's, they're different. And so it's not possible for them. Like Mm -hmm. they're not worthy of it or for whatever reason in their story, their background, their history, they think like, that's not actually attainable for me. So why even try? Yeah. Um, And so those are a couple of like the kind of barriers to love, but looking back now on this kind of time frame in your life, four or five years ago, what would you say were some of the bigger barriers to experiencing healthy, fulfilling love that you had at the time that you ended up working through, whether you knew that you were intentionally working on them or that that was just a byproduct of of trying to be more self-reflective? Yeah, for sure. Well, for me, there's a couple, um, the two biggest being the, you know, I guess the, um, the physical harm I was in like putting on myself. Um, like I didn't love myself and somebody who loves themselves truly, even though you might say you do. Um, and I said, I did, um, you know, wouldn't inflict the kind of harm on their own body that I did. And I had to, I had to like deal with that and get that not just under control, but like resolved, um, permanently, um, before I could do anything in terms of other healing, welcoming in like healthy relationships, you know, all of the things, because it, it was just impacting so many things of my life. Like it was affecting my ability to do, be in certain social settings. It was impacting my ability to live in a household with somebody that when I was afraid to, I needed to hide certain activities I was taking. Um, it just, it was not, you know, that needed to be dealt with. And so for me, that awareness that, okay, there's a problem here seeking. And even like, I remember the days that I, the day that I was interviewing at the, um, the rehab center and they were like asking me the, <laughs> the admittance questions, like, should you be here? I was still like, yeah, I don't, I don't actually think I'm meant to be here. And like, yeah. I remember very vividly one of the admission ladies, like she like closed her computer and she was like, I sense that you might not know if this is the right place for you. And I was like, well, yeah, I don't, I don't actually have an eating disorder. And she was like, okay, you might, if you need validation, like you have a full blown raging, like (laughs) decade long eating disorder and you need to deal with it. And for me in that moment, I was like, oh, I just needed validation. Like I was like, okay, I'm on board. I can heal now because I had made so many excuses for it for so long that I wasn't 
dealing with it properly because I didn't think I had a problem. I didn't even think I was worthy of being in treatment. Like that's, (laughs) I remember being like, okay, great. I'm so glad you think I should be here. So I don't feel like a fraud for getting help on something that I clearly need help with. But like, I don't, it was such a weird experience, but that was a really pivotal point for me to realize I needed help to be told I was worthy of getting help. Mm -hmm. Um, and that I was in the right place. That was one. Once that kind of process was well underway, obviously just therapy. It's like, I can't get, I I couldn't get enough of it at the time. I realized, oh my God, talking to somebody about what I'm going through and my emotions and my feelings, and just like not somebody that I was worried about what they thought about me and not trying to impress them. Like that was a really big change for me. And so just having that space, um, you know, and I almost every week went in like, I don't really know why I'm going. I don't have anything to talk about and left every session, like bawling my eyes out, like begging for more time. <laughs> There's always things that come up. Yep. And, um, and then ultimately when I came to you, like there was, I, I didn't know I was going to see you either. Like there wasn't a, oh, I have this problem and I need, like, here's my list of things I need you to help me work through. Mm-hmm. I remember being very like, I don't even really know what she does. I don't even really know why I'm here, <laughs> but like, for some reason it was recommended and I'm just going to go have a conversation and, and see. And, um, I just, again, timing the environment that you created, the person that you are, um, I was able to share things with you that I didn't realize I was holding on to. And again, I didn't go into this thinking like I have these issues that I need to solve. I had no idea I was holding on to things that I was holding on to. Um, and I was just comfortable sharing them with you. And there was one particular session. Like I remember, I remember like you, I remember the built the room we were in. I remember the day (laughs) and like, I remember walking out at the end of our session and being like, Oh my God, I've never said that before. I didn't know I needed to say that. (laughs) And, and like, I, now what? Like, I, I, I was like this, it was like this weight was lifted off my shoulders but I didn't know what to do. And I almost, I was like afraid. I was like this thing, it's now out (laughs) in the open and like, but you know, it wasn't, it was a safe space. And then you like welcomed in the opportunity to like, you didn't judge me for it. And that was the other thing. I remember just being like, oh, she's going to have another session with me. I'm not a monster (laughs) or I might be a monster, but she's still going to have a session. Like just these things that I had blown out of proportion in my head about, about what they were. Um, I had no idea. And, and so that was another really important part of the kind of journey for me was finding somebody not even realize I was looking for them, (laughs) but finding somebody that created that space that I could just let go. Um, and I mean, I don't know how far you want me to jump ahead right now, but you know, the story of it's like (laughs) that day, my life changed. Like, yeah, absolutely. That day. (laughs) Yep. That is like, honestly, what is so remarkable about your story. And and one of the reasons that I I love, you know, just staying connected to your energy and, and your life ever since then is because 
while it does happen, it is very rare (laughs) that somebody like you comes in and has already kind of set the stage. Like you had already done so much inner work to prime yourself, to be ready to tackle this, this, you know, this one really big thing that was this kind of boulders in your way. And once you were ready to just like push it even slightly, the momentum of that starting to like roll down the hill just transformed your, your, not like, not just your life and your external circumstances, but who you are as a person. And, and at least how I perceived you and how you were showing up in the world and in your life so dramatically and so quickly (laughs) and like with a, such a lasting impact, it wasn't just like, you know, you had more confidence one day and you were like really hit your stride and you were feeling good. And then the next day it was like back to whatever, like there was just this lasting change in, in how you were showing up. And it was so beautiful to witness. (laughs) Thank you. It would. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, if I could bottle it up and sell it, I would be, (laughs) I would be living the life right now. Um, because it was, it was, it was for me and I'm sure it's not how it happens for everybody. Like not to say I did one session with, with Megan and everything was fine the next day. (laughs) This is a lifetime of different forms of, of healing. Um, and it was just, again, the space, the person, the time was right. And I was given the opportunity, um, to like release things. And, and truthfully also, like, I remember you challenged me in a very healthy way on like, what if, like, what if saying these things or talking about these things or taking different actions than you've thought you've had to take your whole life? what if it isn't the end of the world? Like, what if? Yeah. <laughs> and I had never, like, I had just developed this story around, like, if I do this, the world is over for yeah. me. And, um, and to actually be challenged to think about like, what if it's not mm-hmm. <laughs> was a really, was a really big deal for me. Yeah. And Okay. So I'm going to jump ahead and just give a little spoiler alert for anybody who's (laughs) listening uh, to, to know that, you know, what we're, what we're going to end up talking about in, in your story is this um, beautiful relationship and love and and partnership that you have created uh, in your life since then and really nurtured. Um, But before we do dive into that, one thing that you shared earlier was this sense of feeling like, you know, in past relationships that looking back, you, you recognize weren't healthy for you and and weren't aligned in the moment, you either didn't think it was possible to have something better or that it wasn't possible for you. And when do you feel like that shift occurred for you that you were like, Oh, my, my love life could be different as a result of this work that I've been doing on myself. Yeah. I would love to say that doing like directly doing the work on myself made me feel, you know, able to see that, but that wasn't the case for me. The case for me was when it actually happened. Like when the person um, showed up, when the person showed up, but not <laughs> yeah. even like just then it like that person had to prove to me yeah. that and our relationship had to prove to me that I was worthy of it. Like, like this guy that I'm with now and now like very happily engaged to and so in love with (laughs) is yay (laughs) is um and like mutually so in love with which is the best feeling ever (laughs) um because something that I you know was always 
one way or the other for me before. Um, you know, like when we, when we met, it wasn't love at first sight. We had a, a beautiful experience based on how we met that we were, um, um, like in the same group of people for a week. Um, and we spent a lot of time together and it wasn't until like, you know, oh, 10 days later that there was even like a, Hey, do you want to like go grab a drink mm-hmm. conversation? And then it was, and then it was like, you know, weeks of me being like, well, this is just another one of my, you know, Tinder dates to add to my list of a hundred people that I've gone on some date with in the last year. Um, because I was also serial online dating, <laughs> looking yeah. for whatever I didn't know. Um, you know, it took a while, but this, the, this person being the incredible human and communicator that he is combined with my ability to not push away a great relationship <laughs> at this point and just be open to it and go back to that. What if, like, what if this is actually a good thing? Yeah. Um, you know, that over time helped me realize like this, this is totally possible. And one of the, like, one of my favorite things about our relationship is like, you know, you hear people getting married and at the altar, they're saying like, I don't know what I would do without you. And you, you saved me and all of that. I tell him all the time, like, like you, you do not complete me. (laughs) You did not (laughs) save me. (laughs) You know, I know exactly what I would do without you. And I would be sad, but I'd be just fine. And he feels exactly the same way. And I think it's just really, and he had gone through his own experience. Like he didn't come to this in a, Hey, I'm this perfect guy with no trauma, no baggage (laughs) situation. Like he had done his own healing as well. And, you know, we just met at this great intersection of us both being at a good point. And, and like, we both mutually, have recognized, like we are choosing to be in this relationship. We don't have to be in this relationship. We don't need each other. We want each other. And like, I think that realization is when it's like, oh, (laughs) this exists and I am worthy of it and I've created it and he's created it as well. And it's not without effort. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, exactly. And I I hope that anybody who's listening to this, who might still be kind of wrapped up in the, the narrative that so many of us get taught of like, fairy tale love and finding that person who completes you and they're your everything and like all all of that 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 isn't (laughs) that isn't the end goal that isn't the healthiest kind of love and what you're describing right now if if it sounds you know not as I don't know not as exciting or or charged as the fairy tale love to people who are listening I, I hope that they are willing to at least question their own what ifs, because what yeah. you are describing is so pure and so healthy and gives you the ability to really dive deep into each other because there's not that fear of like, I'll die without this person. Exactly. Exactly. And it goes into every, like every decision you make. And like, yeah, like as a couple, as an individual, like there's not this, like we're in a fight and you know, I have to put down my beliefs or my stance because I don't want to upset the person that I'm reliant on for my happiness. It's like, no, let's talk about it. And sometimes you just agree to disagree, but like, you know, ultimately we move forward because again, we want to be with each other. Um, but the fairy tale love is like, 
I mean, this is my fairy tale. Yeah. Love. It just <laughs> looks different than what I thought it, it would, you know, like yeah. he's my Prince Charming and by no way, shape or size, is he a Prince Charming? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like he is to me, but, and he, he's incredible yeah. <laughs> and he's more handsome than Prince Charming in my opinion, <laughs> but like, he's not what, you know, you it's like, he's not, I don't know. It, it, it's just, everyone's got their own version of Prince Charming is I guess what I'm trying to say. Like, yeah you can't go out looking for some specific thing and then be disappointed when it looks different. (laughs) Well, that's actually a great segue because I did want to ask you when you were mentioning, you know, going on a hundred Tinder dates and just like dating up a storm, trying to find this thing that you maybe didn't even know what you were really looking for when you were dating in that way at that time, did you have like a list of like, here's what I want in a person? Um, it's funny you say the list because the list of, I have an inside joke with my friends of the list I kept on my phone of all the dates I went on. And it's uh, oh my gosh, very, really? very long. Oh, because I, I was dating. I was dating so many people out of, again, this unhealthy seeking something that I couldn't keep track of them all. It was so bad. Wow. <laughs> but the list of what I was looking for, the other list. Um, yeah, I, I, I did, you know, um, some, some ways healthy and some ways not. And the way I'll explain that is in my seek for my quest to find this love and romance that I wanted so badly. Um, I was doing a lot of work on that, you know, (laughs) not just on myself, but on the like journaling and trying to manifest Mm -hmm. and, you know, and I don't know that that was, I actually don't think that was unhealthy, but a lot of those exercises that I was doing was about like list all of the qualities you want in somebody, you know, and list, um, all the things that you will not put up with and put that out into the universe. Um, and so I did create those lists. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also had materialistic lists of like, things that absolutely did not matter and do not matter. Um, and there were certain, like, I literally would not again, online dating at the time would not swipe right. I think that's the right. It's been a while, but I think that's the way, (laughs) um, um, the one you pick them, um, (laughs) on somebody who had facial hair, like my fiance. Yeah. My fiance has, total facial yeah. hair, <laughs> like stupid things like that, that I thought were important to me. Um, that could have like, if we had met online, I probably would have not chosen to go on a date with him based on something so stupid that I thought was important. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there were lists, but there were also, there were bad lists, but there are also good lists because I do think that manifesting, I do believe in manifesting. And I do think that you know, me putting out, you know, maybe my list could have been, um, a little more, (laughs) a little less specific on things that didn't matter, but I'm sure that that played into my ability to like attract him into my space, into my world of looking for this person as well. And ironically, I actually have no idea where they are, but I should try to find them because I have no idea. (laughs) Yeah. Like what does he check and what does he not, you know? Um, there's no doubt he's my guy. And if that list came back and he was like 
he got one out of 20, <laughs> I'd still be madly in love with him. So it wouldn't matter, but um, it, it's just like, I think the list can be helpful, but you got to be willing to be flexible on it maybe. Yeah, exactly. It can be a fun, fun way to create some clarity, but it doesn't have to be the end all be all. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so funny though, that you, you've got that list, you've got the materialistic list, and then you have the list of all the dates that you went on. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, it was, it was not healthy. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. I should have written a blog in hindsight. I know that's like what's come comes to mind is like, that's probably so entertaining. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, okay. Along the, the lines of this idea of like, what's on a list and looking at like the timing of, of who you were and, and who he was when you guys came together and decided to build a relationship. One thing I like to ask people just out of curiosity is, do you believe in the idea of soulmates? Oh, um, I feel a little agnostic to that. Like Mm I, I, um, my gut response when you said that is I was going to say no, but like maybe, I don't know. Maybe I don't really have a good answer to it (laughs) in the sense that like, I think I have negative, some negative connotations around soulmates because it kind of comes back. Like if I think of soulmates, I think of it as one person, like there's one person in the entire universe that is my soulmate. And the, the negativity I put around that is like, if you're looking for that, that's pretty overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Also like you're trying to find that one person. Um, also back to the, like, if this relationship, I can't imagine it will, but if it ever ends up not working out for me, I don't want that. I need you. You're my person. I can't function without you because you're my yeah. soulmate. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my reaction to it. Um, is, is it's not that I don't believe in it. I'm just, or maybe there's multiple soulmates. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, that's my personal take on it. I, yeah. I feel like we, we definitely have these strong connections with certain people in the world but I think that there are multiple of them I don't think it's like you get one and if you like miss out on that person or don't meet them or like something happens to them then that's it like you don't get a chance at love anymore yeah Um, and I also think there's this quote that I I see I heard it like circulating around social media and it's um it's like a line from the show, The Good Place. I don't yeah. know if you've ever seen that one. Yeah, I've seen some but of the episodes, yeah. It was like Ted Danson saying something about how soulmates aren't um, aren't found, that they're made. And, mm. you know, to your point earlier, that it's a choice. Like you're both choosing to work on yourselves and then show up for this relationship. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a choice that you make every day to show up for this person and yourself at the same time. And I think that is is kind of the beauty of, of what some people might call soulmate relationships. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. It, it's, you, you probably can create them, but- with the balance of not trying to take something that's unhealthy for you and making them your soulmate. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Cause yeah. I would have, I would have done that many times over with people that were not my soulmates. If I thought yeah. that was possible. Oh my you know, God. The idea of changing somebody is real when you want to change somebody. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you for clarifying that. It's, it's <laughs> definitely like something that it's, yeah, it's, it's not, you take somebody and make them into your soulmate. It's more like the relationship, the healthy container yeah, of the relationship is created exactly. and, and it has to be 
two whole complete people coming together to do that. Um, And I know that probably everybody listening has an experience of a relationship in their past or maybe even present that (laughs) they tried to force to be the one for whatever reason, whether it was because like you said in the beginning, you know, that person ran in certain social circles and was popular and that fueled some part of you made you feel better or, you know, there was some, some hole or gap or something within yourself that felt like it was lacking or missing and that person soothed that wound or put a bandaid over it. And so we, we can take those people and try and make them into more than they really are meant to be in our lives. Yeah, totally. And I think, you know, I didn't mention it, you know, in my history, but I think it's also important to be aware of the people that, you know, there's no ill intention, but you're just not a good fit. Mm -hmm. I mean, I dated a couple of incredible, incredible guys that, you know, were wonderful in every sense. And they were, they were healthy for me in many ways, but they put me on a pedestal. And that was something else that wasn't good for me because I need a level of challenge. I didn't like that, that feeling. And I think that's important too. Like, cause I was it created a, it doesn't feel like a gap. It felt like there was too much, (laughs) you know, there was too much attention. There was too much focus on me. There was too much, whatever. Um, and, and that created its, uh, unhealthiness in a different way. Um, where, I mean, I just truly wasn't, wasn't happy. Yeah. Because I think, you know, and correct me if, if this is, is wrong or doesn't, land for you, but I feel like there's this really beautiful quality of strength and independence that you have and and not the kind of independence that allows you to, to not, you know, lean on and depend on and connect to somebody else, but that you have this really beautiful sense of self. And when somebody like puts you on a pedestal and idolizes you and makes you their whole world, it just like, it kind of threatens that sense of, of independence, uh, that, that you've built in a way. It, to- it totally does. And, and then it's like, well, <laughs> it's like the other side of it. You know, it's like the, the person that I was with when I felt I wasn't enough and I thought they were everything, mm-hmm. you know, I was replaying my history of dating guys that were wonderful and thought I was everything, but I flipped it you know? (laughs) So it's like, it's just fascinating in hindsight to see what we put ourselves through. (laughs) I know. And I love that you shared both sides of the coin because I think so many of us go through so many different types of experiences and relationships. And like, you're on one end of the spectrum and then you're on the other. And this is something I talk a lot about with attachment styles is, Mm. um, you know, people will learn their attachment style and think that they're they're kind of learning to navigate and cope with one specific thing, but then they'll notice that in another relationship or in another chapter of their life, they're on the other end of the spectrum. And Mm -hmm. I think all of it ultimately helps us to heal and come back into balance with ourselves. So we can find that like middle ground, that equilibrium that we feel super stable and balanced on our own, and then can choose a healthy relationship from there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So one thing I like to ask is what would you say to somebody who has maybe lost hope that they will ever meet somebody who it does feel like that healthy, fulfilling, enriching kind of love? 
um, call Megan immediately. <laughs> I know that totally is counterproductive Thank to everything, <laughs> everything I said about like, it's not one person, it's not one thing you didn't do it. I did, but like, I mean, you have a talent. Um, oh. so whether it's you or somebody else, um, you know, like don't settle, <laughs> yeah. don't, you know, if you even have a glimpse of awareness around the, maybe I'm not fully valuing myself. Maybe I'm settling in an unhealthy way. Maybe there's something deeper here. Um, you know, like just get in and do the work. And I can't say what do the work looks like because there's been many times in my life that I thought I was doing the work and wasn't, and it's just an iterative process. Um, you know, but like definitely don't give up hope. Just don't do nothing. Don't expect you know, don't expect things to change without getting uncomfortable. Um, and don't expect things to change without doing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and, and it, it, yeah, just doing the work is so important. Um, it, fine, you know, it's cliche, but like, you can't love somebody until you love yourself. It really is true. The problem is, is I thought many times that I loved myself mm-hmm. <laughs> in periods where I actually realized I didn't. And so it, it's not like you can check a box and say, okay, I've done that. Now I'm ready. And there might be, you know, years from now, I might look back and be like, yeah, I'd be even when I did that interview, I didn't love myself, but I, I don't think that's the case, but who knows? And I think it's just important to continuously do the work, um, and, and find someone or some medium that you can dig really deep and, and have the conversations that feel like it did in my circumstance that if I open this box, you know, my world's going to fall apart and, um, just let it happen. And for me, you know, it was like just willing to after, like after doing the work and what happened with, with you. And I talk about, like, I remember how it just unraveled so quickly was Mm -hmm. after we had had some of our sessions, we had started on doing these things, you know, consciously, subconsciously, whatever it was, I decided to go on this trip that like, I had no business going (laughs) on. It was like, it was, you know, I, I was out of PTO money was tight. You know, I was going somewhere that just didn't like, it was just so random. I remember my friends being like, you're going where and why? (laughs) And like, what is happening? And I just like, whatever reason I just needed to do it. And I saw an opportunity and I jumped on it and, you know, divine intervention, but I went on this trip, which is where I ultimately met my now fiance. And who knows if we would have met if I hadn't done that. And so just taking those opportunities, I'm not saying be irresponsible, but like, you know, again, just let the, let the world show you where to go. Yeah. (laughs) exactly push it off (laughs) (laughs) yeah thank you for clarifying that timeline too because that is something that that I love to acknowledge is that again you had already done years and years and years so much work on yourself Mm -hmm. before we even met but it's just cool what can happen when you do open yourself up to deeper levels of healing and then follow those random intuitive hits where you're like, I just feel like this is something I'm supposed to do. And then you meet that person. And, and even like you said, it wasn't like sparks right off the bat, but you just continued to stay open to it. And it became this really beautiful love story. 
Yeah. And we have the sparks now, which is amazing years later. Like we're there, they sparks do exist. They do. Um, and, and, you know, just cause you don't see it or feel them the first time, you know, doesn't mean that you can't have it. Um, it's all about that. Like you said, just showing up for the relationship and committing to it. Um, but yeah, I mean, doing the work, taking the opportunities, investing. And I mean that, both like, yeah, sometimes you need to make a financial investment. Therapy's not cheap, (laughs) but like it's worth it. And, um, those opportunities are worth it, but investing the time and giving it the attention deserves. And like, one of the things that I always found valuable was leaving our sessions and walking home instead of driving Mm. and just having the time to process instead of jumping into the next thing. And all those little investments in myself, um, I think really, really paid off. Um, and just like, yeah, there is a, the Prince Charming does exist for everybody or <laughs> Princess Charming, whoever, <laughs> but like just loosening your timeline, loosening your expectations and, and you contributing to the effort of finding them versus just, you know, expecting them to find you and expecting it to be obvious, I think is, is important. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you already, you just gave so much incredible advice within that. And so maybe that kind of sums it all up, but I do like to ask, you know, knowing what you know now about your love story and Mm -hmm. and what you know, love to be at this point in your life, what would you say to your younger self, maybe like one year or a few years before Mm -hmm. meeting your person? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, truthfully, you, you might not like this answer, but I wouldn't, (laughs) I wouldn't change a thing. And I was having this conversation with somebody recently, a friend who like has recently ended a relationship and feels like they wasted this period of their life with this person. And I was like, it's such an unfortunate thing to feel that negativity towards what was a beautiful thing at the time it needed to be. Yes. Even in my most unhealthy relationships, Megan, there is not a single one that I regret. Like Mm -hmm. not the ones where I was cheated on, not the ones where I was like verbally abused. Not like, I don't regret any of them. Like, sure. Maybe if there was something physically like physical, I would regret that. (laughs) But every single one of those terrible experiences were not terrible at the time. And, or at least I didn't have the awareness to it. And I learned from them and I evolved from them. And if, if, everything had just been perfect right off the bat. I would be here on sitting on the pedestal with the guy that I idealized (laughs) me and like, I'd be miserable. So, you know, I mean, I guess the advice, I wouldn't change a thing. The advice maybe I could give myself is just what I am giving myself of just be open to it. Just be more, maybe a little more optimistic because that dark place of like just fear and dread and, um, self-pity, um, that nothing like just hopelessness, hopelessness is a dark place. Um, especially in the world we're in today, it's very, there's a lot of opportunities to lose kind of faith in, in the future. Um, but in like, so just maybe a mindset shift, but I still wouldn't say like, don't go in that relationship or even don't have an eating disorder. Like, yeah, I don't wish that upon anybody, (laughs) but like I am who I am because of it. And I like who I am now. So it happened. I dealt with it. Here we are. (laughs) Yeah. I I love that perspective so much because it, it reiterates something that I want to make very clear, which is 
while you know this conversation we are celebrating your love story and this beautiful relationship and engagement and life that you've created it's also I I don't want anybody to think that that's like that that's the end-all be-all or that that's always the goal that it's like here you were before sad and hopeless and in a dark place and after because you're engaged and in a relationship like life is good and life is good I know that I know you have a lot of amazing things going (laughs) on in your life but I think the the real thing to celebrate is that self-love that has been created and, you know, your awareness that it will continue to grow and evolve. You might look back on this conversation years from now and be like, wow, I'm so proud that I've grown to an even deeper level of self-love than I had. And that's as much as like, I love love and I love happy (laughs) relationships and want to celebrate all the ways that people find those. I think it's who you became in the process that I'm just like, so grateful to be able to witness. <laughs> it, it's a pretty great place to be. Um, and listen, it, it, like every day, every moment isn't all butterflies and rainbows. A lot of it is, but you know, I'm still human and we still have life. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, maybe kind of adding on to my previous answer about like advice, whether for myself or for the audience, like learn from your lessons mm-hmm. and, and like fill your toolbox. Like my toolbox is very full. Now I know what works for me. I know what doesn't. And like, heaven forbid, I end up in a situation where, you know, I'm not in such a positive place in the future, whether it's relationship based or not. Like I, I have people to call and like, you're one of them. And there's other people in my toolbox who have helped me get to where I am that like, I know who to, who to dial, who who to call into. And I know what works for me in terms of like, this is how I deal with these kinds of emotions in a healthy way. And I think building that toolbox is, you know, advice that everybody, (laughs) if they're not already taking, take it, know what, know what your tools are, know who your people are. A hundred percent. I, I cannot agree and recommend that enough. And that's actually the perfect setup for the last (laughs) question that I love to ask on the show, which is, um, what is one practice or tool for inviting more self-love into your life that you love and and would recommend, whether it's in the area of wellness or mindfulness or anything that's like kind of one of your daily go-tos? Yeah. Great question. Um, I, am a big fan of meditation. I, you know, I, I do it in a short way every morning and it really helps ground me, but that's not actually going to be my answer. I think that's an easy one for anyone to take on. I do 10 minutes. It's not crazy, but it really does help keep me where I am. But the biggest one for me is physical movement. Um, you know, when I was seeing you, it was more in a place of like going to CrossFit and beating myself up and then going on a 20 mile run. But, you know, so there was a, there was some unhealthiness there to it. Um, but you know, still to this day, um, it's a huge part of who I am. Um, I don't have as high of a quality of a day if I don't have some form, even if it's walking the dog for half an hour, but like body movement is such a big deal and it has such an incredible, incredible way to shift my mindset. And, you know, just like whether I'm upset, sad, hurt, whatever it might be, uh, not feeling confident, whatever it might be. Um, just that body movement has such an amazing ability to, to kind of give me the like 
boost I need (laughs) to, to shift it. So for me, that's it. Don't, don't sit around. (laughs) I I'm right there with you on that movement is so powerful and and such a powerful healing tool and self-love tool. And especially, you know, I can relate to you and coming similarly from a background where I used exercise as like self-punishment and this way to just like brutally torture and beat myself up and to transform that into a relationship with movement where it's just a beautiful form of expression and, you know, releasing emotions, letting them move through your body and, and moving your body because you love it rather than because you hate it. Yeah. That's a totally. beautiful thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. So thank you for sharing that. <laughs> of course. And thank you for sharing your, your story and everything that, that you've shared today has just been so insightful. And I think so helpful for so many people who are listening to this and um, just I appreciate the vulnerability and your willingness to, to go there. Well, thank you for the opportunity. Like I said, I love my story. I really do. Um, I, I hope that it can inspire even one person for a moment because I've been there. I've been in the dark spaces. Um, I've been in the desperate spaces. I've been in the hopelessness spaces and, you know, it really just, um, doesn't need to stay that way. Um, it really yeah. doesn't. And, and it's, yeah, it, life is really fun <laughs> when you get to a place, when you get to a place that, um, you know, you've overcome some of those demons. So, um, yeah, thank you. And I mean, thank you because I, I know the work that you did with me, um, was incredibly important and impactful. Um, for where I am today. So you're very talented. Thank you. (laughs) 10 out of 10 would recommend. (laughs) Thank you. And I mean, know that you inspire me. So that's one person right there. (laughs) And anybody who's listening, if you're inspired by this, send me a message and I'll make sure to pass it along to her because I I want you to know how much your story really does make a difference. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again so much. And again, for anybody listening, if you know anybody who might uh, benefit from hearing this story, might be inspired by it or learn from it, pass it along to them. And you can send in your questions as always for future episodes. And as always, until next time, I hope you all have a beautiful and loving day. 